0: The Old Testament lesson this morning comes from the book of Isaiah, chapter 65, verses 17 through 25. I invite you now to listen for the word of the Lord. For I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I am creating. For I am about to create Jerusalem as a joy and its people as a delight. I will rejoice in Jerusalem and delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard in it or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in it an infant that lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For the one who dies at a 100 will be considered a youth, and one who falls short of a 100 will be considered accursed. They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be. And my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. They shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord, and their descendants as well. Before they call, I will answer. While they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together, the lion shall eat straw like the ox but the serpent, its food shall be dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. And the gospel lesson today comes from the gospel of Luke, chapter 24, verses one through 12. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, They came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed at this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, "'Why do you look for the living among the dead?' He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you, while he was still with you in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified, and on the third day rise again? Then they remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home amazed at what had happened. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What an amazing story. And what an amazing day Easter Sunday is. Christ is alive, the women discover, as they arrive at the tomb and find it empty. He's not here, but has been raised. Angels declare to them. And the women rush to tell everyone else they know the amazing news that we ourselves Repeat, on this day, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Yes, Easter Sunday is an amazing day. But even still, sometimes Easter starts to feel like just another holiday that comes and goes. And it may evoke amazement when we hear the gospel read or sing those triumphant hymns. But it can be hard to carry the amazement of Easter with us all throughout the rest of the year. It can be hard to live as though we really understand all that Jesus' resurrection means. Sometimes it's even hard to feel amazed on Easter Sunday, isn't it? Now, if and when we struggle to stand amazed at the core truth of the Christian faith, that Christ is alive, at least we're in good company. Just look at how the disciples respond at first to the good news that the women bring them. Most of them basically ignore the proclamation. The text says these words seem to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Their response is coarse and dismissive. Yeah, right, the disciples say, They don't respond with curious skepticism or even just baffled doubt. They respond with outright indifference. I love the definition of this word idle tale in the lexicon. An idle tale is that which is totally devoid of anything worthwhile. Eesh. It's kind of like a parent shushing a child who excitedly wants to recount a dream they just had in the middle of the night. Most of the disciples think there's nothing at all to this. Go back to sleep, they would say. But Peter's response is an alternative to the glib apathy of the rest. Peter runs to the tomb to see for himself. He's gripped with that kind of antsy anticipation when you can't sit still. He runs to the tomb and finds it just as the women describe it, open and empty. And Peter goes home amazed at everything that had happened. Friends, Easter faith is marked by Peter's expression of amazement. The resurrection of our Lord should evoke far more than just a raised eyebrow. It should take our breath away. Wow! If we truly understand and believe the magnitude of this morning— As the new creation bursts forth from the grave, then we would surely join with Peter in amazement, right? But both reactions Luke recounts to the news of the empty tomb ring true today. Sometimes, yes, we respond with Peter's amazement and believe what we have seen and heard in our faith tradition, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who was dead but is now alive. But, of course, sometimes we don't respond to the good news of Easter with the amazement it deserves. Sometimes we respond to the resurrection of Christ as though it were an idle tale. Some of us don't believe it at all and dismiss it outright as old-fashioned thinking, folklore, superstition. Others liken the resurrection to a mere metaphor with deep meaning to make it more palatable to the modern mind. Still others are open to the possibility, but skeptical, wanting to be convinced. Where's the proof, they ask. But is more evidence what we need to increase in faith? There's plenty of debate, after all, among Uh, non-believers, outspoken non-believers, and Christian apologists defending the faith and the merits of Easter claims? But would empirical proof of some kind infuse us with deeper amazement? Like doubting Thomas, must we see the hands and feet of the risen Christ before we believe? Did you notice in the text that the evidence that Christ is alive only comes later? when the disciples finally meet him? In today's passage, we didn't meet the risen Christ at all, right? We met multiple Marys, Joanna, angels, disciples, but so far in our text, Jesus himself is nowhere to be found. All we've seen so far is an empty tomb. And yet the women believe. And yet Peter goes home amazed. You see, faith in the resurrection comes not first of all from evidence per se, but from testimony, from testimony. He is not here, but he has been raised. Or I suppose we could say the testimony is the evidence. And so we see that faith is first of all, a response of trust to a truth that is proclaimed. Faith is a response of trust to a truth that is proclaimed. And friends, what we need to grow in our faith is more amazement at this proclamation of Easter truth. We need to trust it, to give ourselves to it, to cast our lot with it. If we're longing for deeper faith, for faith that is consequential in every arena of our lives, for faith that anchors us through thick and thin, for faith that leads to amazement. If we're longing for deeper faith, then we must fully and truly trust the Easter proclamation. We must hear and believe the testimony. Faith isn't the inevitable result of evidence, even good evidence like empty tombs. Faith isn't ultimately about proof, Faith is ultimately about trust. It's about trust. Faith must be ventured. It's something that we leap into and put into practice. Faith is what leads us to stand in awe and amazement of all that God can do. All of us are here today for one reason or another. And yes, I know that the flowers are lovely, the music is beautiful, the children are adorable, and y'all look great in your dresses and pastel, Pascal ties. There's a certain amount of nostalgia that's evoked by the trappings of Easter, just as an annual cultural tradition. It feels good to be here, right? But what about your faith? What is the state of your faith this morning? Do you stand amazed at the testimony of Easter Sunday, at the resurrection of Christ? Or are you living as though the resurrection were an idle tale, maybe because you need more proof or more evidence? Or perhaps you do believe, and you've always believed, but still your sense of amazement at it all has dried up on you. Maybe you've been living as though the resurrection were an idle tale far removed from your life, a meaningless kind of truth. Maybe your life has come to be more defined by stress or uncertainty or grief or failure or exhaustion or something other than Easter amazement. Maybe your faith feels faded. It's there, to be sure, but it doesn't feel close at hand it's at a distance somehow further than you'd like it to be maybe you've stopped coming to church or practicing your faith as intentionally during the pandemic this is a reality for many of us people say to me all the time god i've really got to get back to church i wonder if that's just because i'm a pastor Kind of like when I go to the dentist twice a year and say to my dentist, I've really got to get back into flossing. No, I don't think it is. I don't think it's that. I think many, many people really and truly have the desire to invest more in their faith. I think it's a genuine longing. I'm confident that all of us here today know how valuable faith can be for our lives. So friends, what I think that we need for our faith to grow is to be amazed again at Easter resurrection. What we need is to hear the testimony and respond in faith and trust to the good news of the gospel. He is risen. And the resurrection of Christ should evoke in us the greatest sense of amazement there is. Because what's so amazing about it all? It's not just that a man was raised from the dead 2,000 years ago. It's amazing because he was raised from the dead for us. It's amazing because we share in his new life as new creations in him. It's amazing because in his rising, death itself has been defeated. The gates of heaven stand open and eternal life is at hand. In Christ's resurrection, we have been redeemed from the grave, set free from sin, and given the gift of everlasting life. And if that's not amazing, I don't know what is. Now, if it all still seems like an idle tale to you, or if you've lately been living as though it were an idle tale, I invite you to run to the tomb with Peter and see for yourself. Keep listening, keep searching, keep coming. Amazement can strike at any moment, and you just might find yourself believing and trusting this testimony that comes from the women to the disciples to the church and down through the ages, even to you and to me. And if you believe the testimony, but have lost your zest and wonder and passion that you once had in your faith, Let the joy of this morning recalibrate and reignite your passion for faith. Because Christ is not only alive, he's worth living for. So friends, may we all depart from this place today and go to our homes amazed at what has happened. Amazed by what we have seen and heard. Amazed by the proclamation of this day. Why do you search For the living among the dead, he is not here but has risen, just as he told you. Friends, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Wow. Alleluia and thanks be to God. Amen.